I am unashamed. What about you? So, uh, we're, uh, I have to say that I can't wait, and I have to wait a week to talk about with Jace without Missy what just happened <laughs> on the last podcast that we filmed earlier. So, I have not been so thoroughly entertained at because you know, Jace. You know, when we're doing the podcast, he never shuts up, right? I mean, it's just story, story, story. The man was speechless. I figured out how to shut Jace up. Missy. Bring his woman along. <laughs> Bring the woman and the man. He was just like in the he was just like in a in a in tomb, a, in like a fetal position. He, is, in the he was just like I saw him just like protecting and himself. And we go from that, if you can survive an interview <laughs> with your woman seated right next to you. Now we're in the mode where we're how to survive after running with artists. <laughs> they said, well, these artists, I mean, they're about halfway weird. Ain't they? I said, well, I don't know. We got a couple of them today, and I'm like, what am I doing in the middle of a bunch of artists? Said, no, no, we, just found the, uh, we just found the title for this episode, Running with Artists. There we go. Know. Running with the artists, how to survive it. So we have, we, we have some artists uh, in, in the, uh, the lair. This is the lair. Noah. Love it. This is what we call it. Yep. Uh, so we have Noah Elias. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the way from California, yep. which, I mean, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. So we, so we got Tony, That's and we right. got Phyllis. Down on the river. Down on the river. Now you're part of the landscape. Been, we just celebrated the uh, one-year anniversary of when right. we all first met. Exactly. February 21st. So after one year, Phyllis, you're my daughter that came out of the wood where you just appeared. So what about the last year since we've met? It's been It's been wonderful. I mean... I hear other stories from folks who haven't had as a good of an experience as what I've had, but um, getting to know you, getting to know the rest of the family, eating a bunch of good food. Mm. Um, he'll randomly stop in. We'll see the truck pull up. Tony say, there's your dad. And he'll come in and say, hey, you want to go look at the ducks? We're seeing where the ducks are flying into this blind. Or he'll say, hey, you want to go look at the backwater, see how much it's coming up on the land? And I'll jump in the truck. We just go and do it. Or we'll go down and we'll cook together. We'll do something fun. Um, there's never a dull moment. There's never a want for something to do. So it's been great. Welcome aboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you got to, you got to, I think, I don't know if we talked about this last time you were on, if you had, you've been hunting. You right. hunted quite a bit. You right. deer hunted. Loved it. Uh, as Tony killed a deer. Mm-hmm. Which Thanks. I was impressed because I didn't know artists could hunt. Oh, oh come on now. <laughs> we were exchanging pictures. But yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you hunt, too? I no? do. Oh, he's he's got some it. great kills. Oh, yeah. that's In Louisiana. Because awesome. yeah. we thought you were just, because you normally you're in the duck blind, you're armed with your camera mm-hmm. because exactly. you're working, right? Yeah. Taking pictures. And I technically, I shoot more ducks than anybody. So someone <laughs> caught with the camera. <laughs> someone called you a conscientious objector. It really offended you, Are right? Are you kidding me? I thought, now I'm going to go get in the in the deer stand. I thought you were like the guy on the movie, the Hacksaw Ridge. That's, that was your role. So you had some kind of religious reasons you couldn't carry a gun. But then he shot a deer. Yeah. You know. Uh, not quite and, where no, you should have. That wasn't a gut shot. It well, mm. it came out the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it came, That's the a gut shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you found it, it and, was, and you cleaned it, it and you ate it and dark. Yeah. And I, Phyllis, I understand you won't eat Tony's deer because you're not sure of his not uh, yet. cleaning uh, abilities or is his cooking ability. What is it? He's doing a great job cooking. I mean, he's telling me now. I don't know because I've not tried it, <laughs> but he's telling me that it's right up there with with yours and with Stone's as far as the taste of it. He's been perfecting the craft of, of frying it in a Dutch oven uh, iron skillet. So. so, did you cook for Noah and his and your your, your wife Sh- is yeah, here? Yeah, Chantel's well. with me. Chantel's with yep. you. Hello, Chantel. She yep. just <laughs> off. We also got another family here. Grady from Oklahoma. Yep. is here and and Grady built this table. We have a new table which will never leave. It'll never leave because you can't move it. I no, mean, this thing is solid as a rock. Yeah. It looks really good, doesn't it? I mean, it's maple, really maple. He said. Yeah, and what was it? What was it made from? A semi floor trailer. A semi what? Floor trailer. A semi floor trailer. Oh yeah, for where, sure. Where this came from, which is That's really incredible. awesome. And, and he and thank you, Grady, for doing that. What a, what a great blessing. So we're going to trade out. So he's going to be on the, an episode of In the Woods if you want to see that. Uh, they talk about you get to see him and meet him, and his family is here with him as his well. His cutting boards is where we've been cutting up all of our deer and our ducks. Oh, is that where those came from? Cutting from boards. What's, and what's the name of your company? 
Budrow's Woodshop is in Oklahoma. Cool. And uh, yeah, he he doesn't. I didn't realize that's where the cutting boards. Are. I've been using those myself, so I steal one every once in a while from moms. <laughs> I've a been skill seeing set. them use it, <laughs> so boards. I need to get one. Yeah, yeah. that's right. We'll talk to Grady. Tables, yeah. you know. I mean, that's a that's a good skill, skill set. So it's quite the congruence today of things that are happening because we had Jason Missy here. We just anointed Mia and uh, mm. sent her on her way. Uh, mm. She's having that surgery we talked about. So I'll let you guys know. Uh, next week, how that turned out, but so we praying about that for yeah. sure. Give your listeners a taste of what James five says, Al. Yeah, so that's a good thing to read. Yeah, uh, so, so we, we pray for me, and you say, so how did you go about doing that? So it's so we do this a lot at our church because we take this quite literally. Uh, whenever James and James five fifteen, uh, actually it's, it starts out in verse thirteen. He says, "If any one of you is in trouble, he should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise." If he, is any one of you sick, he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought whether that was in the moment or later, you're going to be raised up. I mean, the beautiful thing is you win no matter what, which right. you prayed that over me, right? I mean, mm-hmm. same thing. Like, That's correct. No matter what happens, no matter what we look like in this life, the Lord is going to raise us I up. I reminded her that uh, of what Peter and the Apostle Paul said that our dwelling in this age, we it's called a tent. We're living in a tent. These tents, as y'all have noticed, they wear out. Yep, and there's do. ailments, Mia. Right. There's problem with the tents because they weren't built to be eternal. Right. But there's an eternal house we'll <clears throat> live in, our glorified bodies, where never any sickness, always... No, 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 no malfunctions with the body. Just think about a world that you live in where there's never a malfunction with your body for eternity. Yep. That's, you say, is that one of the reasons you follow Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a, it is the reason. <laughs> so these earthly tents, you know, we're given the spirit as a deposit, yep. guaranteeing what's to come. So I just said, Lord, we have one here, one of our family members. The old cleft palate, the tent didn't quite line up. Yep. But we love her and we, we pray that you'll be with her during this time. The lad, the final surgery. She's had how many surgeries would you think? I think Missy said thirteen this is their thirteenth <laughs> yeah. surgery. Thirteen surgeries. And she's seventeen years old. Yeah. So just think about that. Yeah. But oh, she's been a good it. trooper. She's never been whining. Oh, and, she's tough. Yeah. yeah. And you know, she's kind of got uh, the blessing in this case. Uh, sometimes it can be a curse for me and dad of the high pain threshold. Like she can be in a lot of pain and just, and some people have a low threshold. We just happen to have a high one. Dad's got it. I have it. My grandpa had it. And I guess bl- she's blessed to have that too. Cause Missy says she doesn't even hardly take pain meds from all, wow. you know, even when she, after these major surgeries, cause they're going in breaking her jaw and it's, it's a gruesome situation, but you know, and, and I think it's, we talked about it, it's harder on girls too, but, but yeah, Mia's tough. She's, she's one yep. of the toughest yep. girls I've ever met, you know, just to, almost have a surgery per year on average for your yeah. life. And so the prayer is that this is the last one. And for the ones, the naysayers who just laugh at it or scoff at it, mm. when we pray to God that it'll help this girl, you know, we, we've seen so many things. Al, following Jesus, we we say, go ahead and laugh. We're serious about it. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, and Isaiah says that when he was on the cross, he took our infirmities. He carried our diseases. Yep. Right. So that's what we pray. Exactly yep. right. So, uh, so today, part of it, I want to just kind of update what you guys have been doing. Obviously, we've celebrated the year together. You guys have moved down in June, June, August, August, August. August. Yeah. And so now that's been several months mm-hmm. of, and y'all are at our house at least at least once a week. We try mm-hmm. to get yeah. together to eat mostly. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Stone cooks for us, right? And uh, but but I want to a little bit of update on, on your art stuff too, because we've added. You can see now on set we have added the wood duck print. Uh, t- tell us about this. Yeah. The, yeah, doesn't that look good? It looks great. I mean, it's um, it's the it's the wood duck print, the limited edition that we right. have, and that a lot of you have purchased, and which we appreciate. Yeah, and um, it is the I call it the artist signature frame. It's in a in a uh, neutral colored mat, neutral colored frame that's going to look great on any wall. Right. So if you order one now, you can the frame you can get the whole. Oh yeah, yeah. You can get up, right. Yeah, we've got we've got a guy in uh, West Monroe. He's a local business owner, great guy. Um, he has a framing and printing shop, and he built us this frame out of reclaimed barn wood, 
and yeah. he's got that available for other people if they want to buy the wood duck print he'll awesome. frame it for them mm-hmm. and uh and there send that directly here from louisiana so tony thomas that's right. right and if you put in the uh the fill discount code um it's 20 percent off they go there you're saving money already this is like a it's like we're reading an ad <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast i love it so and so the the idea of noah being here is well, you guys tell. I mean, what what was your connection? No, it's from California. So let me ask before you get to that. So I got to sure. just ask. So people in the country, mm. in in forty, I don't know if it's forty nine states, but certainly in the south. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we look at California. I'm learning this, by the way. <laughs> I told him when he first. You're walked, one of them. <laughs> he had his woman with him. We're not sure what to do. And I'm looking at him. I said, "Where are y'all from?" He said, "California." I said. Good night. I looked around. I said, they look normal. <laughs> <laughs> they they look perfectly normal. So that's what, I mean, it's really funny because California like intimidates the rest of us in one way or the other because everything, dad used to say everything good and bad comes out of California. Okay. Every wave, mm. the good and the bad seem okay. to come from there. But it's, what's it like to, you've been there your whole life? Or I have. You? Yeah. Born and, born and raised in California, Southern California. Part of it, uh, my parents split up at nine years old. And uh, we were in Southern California, right near Disneyland. Uh, uh, let's see, at nine, that's when I started hunting and fishing with my dad, duck hunting up in the Bay Area, Northern Bay Area, um, up near Sacramento in the Delta. Yep. So he was up there, and mom was down south. And uh, yeah, so grew up in Southern California. Ended up going back down south when I was about 13. Started my business on a bike at 16. Wow. And um, yeah, that's where it all started, right there. So most people don't know this, but you just said it, and, and Dad and I know it because we've, we've been up there and we've hunted, mm. that California has wonderful duck hunting. I mean, Big time. Great yeah. duck hunting. Yeah. I mean, Big time. and a lot of ducks we don't get here. Yeah, you know? I spoke at Modesto and oh, yeah. Yeah. going up yeah. the valley there, and those guys... What's we, the name of that? Do you remember that sporting goods store where y'all? They, it was kind of our hub. Do you remember the name of it? I can't remember. I can't either. Yeah, Shoot. but it was. It, we just went on a, where the ducks were up through California, but I was I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and and probably in terms of duck call sales th- through the course of our company, mm-hmm. I would say California's always ranked up in the top two or three states in terms yeah. of sales. So you're an artist yourself. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I started on a bike at 16, going door to door. Uh, I had to hit survival mode pretty young. So I started the business in California or in uh, Southern California at 16 in my yearbook. In the yearbook, it said Noah's art, very original name. <laughs> started going door to door saying, Hey, do you need a sign done? You know, we didn't have social media and tech back then. Right. We didn't have websites. So it was all relational. And my grandfather's hmm. both who worked uh, 36 years at each of their jobs, didn't miss a day of work. They taught me, if you want to get work done, always carry a pen and meet everybody face-to-face, meet your banker. Yep. And um, so my grandfathers were basically my mentors. My dad, unfortunately, um, he had an uh, alcohol drug addict, yep. and mom had her own challenges. So at that young age, it was like, man, we got we to gotta take this art thing and make it work. Didn't have a choice. Got you. So back in when I was nine, though, and going through those hunting phases. Um, it was a lot of fun. My dad later on moved up to Montana, fly fisherman, guided trips, um, hunted up there. So outdoors and, and doing life like that was a big part of my upbringing. But I was a city kid. You know, here I am in Newport Beach, California, hustling and growing the business. And uh, as soon as I graduated high school, moved into a warehouse. I wouldn't call myself homeless, but um, knew that I didn't couldn't afford a house. Got a warehouse just like this, put up a drop cloth for a tent, for a, for a room and said, hey, we're going to dump every bit of money that we got in here. Later on, what happened was um, I started just um, about 28. I got burned out. I was sitting up on the top of a cliff crying out to God saying, you give me this ability to paint anything, but what do you want to do? How can I glorify you with this? And I literally had a midlife crisis at 28 crying out to him. Wow. By I the said, way, guess how old I was when I had my I don't even crisis. Want to know. How old? 28. No way. So look, I've, since that time, I've looked back at the number of people who were 27, 28, 29, right along in that time. And the vast percentage of them that I've actually pointed to Jesus and they said, I'm ready to go. So the question would be why, what I think happens is by the time you get to be 28 and you're still like a dog chasing his tail, it's about along in there when you begin to wise up. Because a lot of people who come to Jesus, I've just noticed they're in that little time frame, 27 to 31, right along in there. Yeah. You know, uh, let's take a break. 
know it. How old are you, Noah? Did I ask you that? Hey, my 50th is this month. Really? Yes, sir. Right. The, big the big 5-0. The big 5 That's right. Yeah. So you're Jace's age. You need to be sitting in this chair. That's perfect. There we go. <laughs> so I don't know if you're there yet because you look like you're pretty pretty good shape. But Dad and I, being older than 50, um, we have a lot of aches and pains. Wouldn't you say? Is that fair to say that? That before we started taking Omega, we do you had grunt when you stand up? Oh, this and sit current down. time, I have zero aches and pains, and that is because you take what OmegaXL.com. Yeah. So we we've the been pristine try- waters of New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, they, it never they, gets old. They grow them from mussels, and it's because it's all natural, uh-huh. and uh, and basically it takes down inflammation, which is the issue, of course, when you get these aches and pains. So it's been fantastic. Dad and I both love it. Um, we're looking to do some more work for mm. Omega XL. We're, we're big fans of it. I got mom taking it now. Jace is taking it as well. So we'll hear more testimonials from them. So you, here's what you do when you want to try it. And it really works. You go to OmegaXL.com, OmegaXL.com slash fill. And you buy a bottle. They're going to give you the second bottle for free. Mm. So you get two months worth to get started. And that's about when it kicks in for me. It was two months. OmegaXL.com slash Phil, or you can give them a call, 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888, and get rid of inflammation. You know, it, it's interesting because you you said it. It's that That's the point in time in everybody's life at some point, mm. younger, older, whatever, that you ask that question. Why? You have a track what, record. Why? You, you have know, a track record. Right. And you're saying, is this it? and it ain't good. Yeah. Or uh-huh. is this it? You know, is this uh-huh. is this all there is? Right. So and I'm going to ask you something about, because you, you mentioned about having that connection of the outdoors mm-hmm. at a young age. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that plays into, I mean, you guys are both artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, does, does, does God the creator and being able to look at that, being able to experience that, even being a city, do you think that shapes people that are, yes. that are artists? Yeah, I it, mean, it does. And for me, um, the way I looked at it was this. At 28 years old, uh, you're looking at a lot of life ahead of you. So you think, Lord willing, that you got a lot of time. Um, but I looked at, I, you're, you've been given the superhero power of creativity. And I also knew the gravity of the fact that God's, if, God's given me, if God is the ultimate creator and he's provided me this creativity and the ability to take something out of somebody's head and make it a reality, that's a powerful weapon. And that can either be used for good or used for bad. And I'm wondering how salt water, if that in fact produced you, I want to know what department gave you the artistic skills you now have, man. Well, that came directly from above. I can tell you that. Salt water is a powerful thing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, So is coffee. Um, But for me, it was at, at that age at 28, realizing, okay, I want to do something significant. And this is what I now teach and help other believers do is I want to help you become the most, not just successful, but significant mm-hmm. creator. And I keep going back to this, you know, I was busy being successful, trying to climb the corporate ladder, meaning like just being making money and becoming survival. Cause everybody says the starving artist. Yeah. Well, I'm like, hold on a second. There is a way to crack this code and it's an upside down economy and it's God's economy. And so here's what it actually looks like. If, I'm, if, if we have been entrusted this gift of cre- creativity, we all are creatives. We just don't admit it. Right. <laughs> but we all are. Um, I looked at the rest of my life and said, I can either spend the rest of this life, invest this rest of this life, or waste it. And most people spend their life spending it. Yep. And they spend their life just wasting it. And I said, that is true. If we look at the parable of the talents and what the Lord said, hey, you're going to look at this seed capital I've given you of time, talent, and treasure. How are you going to invest this? to become significant in God's <clears throat> kingdom. So really what I'm trying to help people do is become rich eternally right. by taking the time that they have down here with their creativity to have an influence on the world doing it. For Chantel and I, we just finally said, hey, we have to go from doing good things to doing God things, things that Jesus would write a check for and turn our business from a company into a cause. And our hearts, because we have special needs in our family, we said we wanna help rescue special, special needs AIDS orphans in South Africa we have to partner with God in his business and say, what breaks his heart and puts a smile on his face? Right. And now let's teach everybody else how to do that. Yep. And I believe wholeheartedly that the Christian CEO businessman is the most underserved missionary on the planet. Yep. So how can we come alongside, put wind in their sail, get their business and their house in order, and turn it into a kingdom asset right. that furthers the You know the what's kingdom? interesting? You have artists who paint ducks Mm. there's a wood duck you have some guys 
who sound like birds. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I basically, my skill set was I, I knew what these birds sounded like. I knew what a teal sounded like. Right. I built a little collar that sounds like them. Yes. I, I, that wood duck, he makes a certain sound, kind of like a, it's a weird sound. I built a duck call that sounded just like one. Yeah. And then you had the mallard mm-hmm. and the pintail and the gadwall. I just built these. Yeah. Uh, the only skill set I had, the creative part, God gave me the ability to know what birds sound like. Totally. I told someone, I said, it's like playing piano by ear. You know what they sound like, and you have wood and plastic and whatever, and you're trying to glue things together, and all of a sudden, you, you get one and you say, good night, that's it, yeah. because... I've heard them so many. Phil, you just might be an artist. He is an artist. Maybe it is in you some are. way. I'm <laughs> telling you, you are. I'm feeling That's... better around him. There you go. <laughs> Listen, a call, a call is your canvas. I'm feeling better. Keep it up. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, we do have a saying around here that weird is in. So, you know, hey, that, yeah. that's your saying. Well, yeah. To your point, uh, I, we, we touched on this last time that God is the greatest artist of all time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I've learned and I'm still learning. I think I'll always keep learning this that, um, you know, his art, his, cre- his creation has a purpose. Yeah. It draws us closer to him when we look at it. He says in Romans that man is, there's no excuse. Just look you, at the you colors of that wood duck. Yeah. The colors yeah. you say. Yeah, he just made that. There had to have <laughs> been someone that designed that. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> that's right. Because it's, yeah. look how beautiful that is. It's amazing how yeah. much you look at a wood duck and you're like, boy. Yeah. You just start there and just morph out. And you say, boy, God, when he makes something, he makes it. It is earth shattering and anyone yeah. who takes time to go out in nature and look around yeah. all the nature lovers all the outdoors yeah. women and people you know men they see that the yeah. beauty of it all it's it's right. it's it is an awesome and it's interesting experience. in the in the since we know birds in the bird world that the males are typically the ones with the most colors and the you know the mm-hmm. they're trying to show out i guess mm-hmm. to win and the and the females are using the darker yeah. more drab colors but the but the females do all the talking. Not a, I'm sure that's not like <laughs> human beings, but they do all the quacking. And most of the you know you fly over the females are going to let you know they're down there. The males are just a a peep or a you know like you just said. Just so we're clear, that is not the case in this <laughs> yeah. marriage. So when she starts all. running her right. mouth, right, right. you can no. always no. say quack quack no. quack quack quack. This one right here, he's, he's the, the talker. Right. He's the quacker. I'm the listener. When she usually. comes home, she's got fifty words to five words to say, and I've got 50,000 words to say because you know uh, during the day you know I'll tell you what my day looks like if you would knock on the door and walk in yeah which happens in the south yeah um yeah you don't really wait no for, for the call right now no. so just come in uh i'm you at get, my easel you get two seconds so you, if we walk if you're not wearing pants you're going to be embarrassed in the south that's, that's just, for sure I'll always wear pants yeah. right so i'm at the easel you know six or eight hour or whatever you know painting days and i have the blue healer the the part wild dingo dog sitting on her bed <laughs> right next to me and uh i mean that's what it looks like she gets up she's gonna stretch that means well like maybe i need to stretch and take a break and yeah and uh that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> well one of the funny things that and interesting things know that we've been able to discover with phyllis mm. is that when you meet somebody for the first <clears throat> time that's that's your blood your kin mm. you know and they're 44 years old when you meet them uh, and then you start, so you get to discover together mm-hmm. how DNA works, you know, in terms of personality. I mean, and Phyllis is so Roberts. I mean, there's just so mm-hmm. many traits, which you said most of your life you couldn't figure out because you never really fit in your family. That it way. was so interesting. And that's why I looked around and thought, wow, I'm so, why am I so different from everybody? There were similarities. Obviously, I'm still my mother's daughter. So that side of the family, yeah. I have their likenesses physically and otherwise, yeah. mm-hmm. but the other side just wasn't there. And it was so obvious to me and I would compare myself physically and being here. It just, it's so you asked how it's been this last you know few months physically being here. And then of course the last year when this is all going down, it's this nice warm blanket in a way to sit back and say, I fit in mm-hmm. here. These are, pe- these are my people. This is why I act the way I act or look the way I look or do the things that I do. It makes sense in context yeah. now with the rest of my family being made whole. It's it's there's a wholeness there, you know, and that's really important, mm-hmm. you know, for people to feel whole. We feel whole in Christ. We know who who we are in Christ. We have an identity in Christ, and that's important. He's our Father, right? Yeah. right. But there's still something to be said about knowing your earthly father and being a part of your earthly family and, mm-hmm. and being there being reconciliation. Let's uh, let's take another break. 
So, Noah, what kind of sheets do people sleep on in California? Is it like <laughs> only four thousand thread count? Oh yeah, so it's got to be like really special, right? <laughs> Made from wool in Egypt. See, I don't I'm, know. I'm just imagining in California they're on some kind of you know gold line something. You right. know, it's just pretty much super fancy. Depending on what neighborhood. We actually we just float. We don't even sleep on sheets. We just float. See, that's yeah. a, that's what I always thought about. Yeah. Well, we use uh, we use bowl and branch sheets which are super nice, by the way. I don't know what their thread count is, but it's super high. They make a fantastic sheet. And finally, Dad, I got some on your bed, so you've been sleeping on them. Have you noticed the difference? Uh, I, I like them. Uh, they're really good. So, and look, Bowling Branch has been around for a pretty good while, but, I mean, I think uh, I think they said three presidents sleep on Bowling Branch sheets, so it's oh, wow. good wow. enough for the presidents, good mm-hmm. enough for us, right? It's a good track record. So you want to experience these sheets, the best thing you can do is go to bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L and branch. Dot com. Mm. You get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code Robertson when you check out. So that's bowlandbranch.com, promo code Robertson. You will love these sheets, even in California. Yeah. Well, you're exactly right, Dad. I mean, that there was what well, a couple of things that I've marveled at was, one, as we've gotten to know, it's been a lot of time in conversation mm-hmm. with Phyllis and Tony, is that, I mean, God had his favor he had his hand on you, you know, mm-hmm. your whole life because situations could have been there that you could have been harmed. You could have been in some really tough situations and just describing growing up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause you know, we grew up, I mean, dad wasn't a Christian for my first nine years, 10 years, but from that point forward, I mean, we had a safe environment. I mean, you know, we, and, but looking at that, I mean, God was looking out for you that whole Absolutely. time. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You can't, yeah. It couldn't be any other thing because if it just would have been left up to chance, you would have wound up a method or something yep. bad. Definitely could. And yet you were drawn to <clears throat> spiritual when nobody else. And we, we've talked about that before. So I, mm-hmm. I just think, I mean, now I know that that God has set this up in His infinite wisdom oh, yeah. to to reveal what He needed to reveal. Second thing that I've marveled at is that, and you guys can probably relate to this as artists. You know, when I went to college, the only thing I know about art is I had to take art appreciation. You know, I was forced to. And, uh, you know, which is so then you're like, they're going to make you like this, that and the other, which is why most people don't like it, because they want to be drawn to what they want to be drawn to. But as an artist, I don't know how you guys are, but I don't know that you appreciate what you can do Hmm. the way we can appreciate it. Because when you have no artistic ability in terms of painting or maybe it's anything that you appreciate in someone else. But I've appreciated about Phyllis is that like we grew up in this life, you know, so going to the land, it, to be honest, means nothing to me. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's just something I've done my whole life. You just go, we're hunting over here, we hunt over there. Right. I don't, I, you you lose a little bit of appreciation for what the blessing of this whole life that we've had. But when Phyllis comes in, she appreciates every little mm-hmm. thing, every trip over there, oh, every yeah, time you yeah, look yeah. around. And I just, since I grew up mm-hmm. with it, I just don't have that sense of awe yeah. like I've seen you have. Yeah. It's like it every is, day is Christmas for you. It is. Every time I go out, it's fun. I'm like, oh, wow, look what we get to do. And every day, looking like we talked about before, looking at God's creation, looking at nature, mm. it's faith building. And it's, in a way, it's kind of me planting my own little seeds here, mm. you know, because mm-hmm. I'm kind of a little sapling at this point, <laughs> you know. You're a little cypress knee at this <laughs> I point. Am, yeah. I am. But um, it is. It's powerful to me. I don't take it for granted. Every time we go out there, I think it's awesome. I think it's fun. I enjoy it. I get something out of it every mm. single time. Right. Awesome. And that's been fun cool. for me Pretty to cool. watch, you know, to, to be a part of it. And, and especially, it's it was funny for all of us at first, because Dad, I mean, Dad is man-centric, you know, and, and it's always been the hunting guys, and he had all boys, you know, and so Mom is really kind of the only woman that's ever been in Dad's life, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's really interesting. We were all just kind of, you know, waiting to see what was going to happen when mm-hmm. you put a woman in dad's life. And so yeah. the first few months he kept calling you the little girl. Cause mm-hmm. in his mind, you were like a little girl. I was like, mm-hmm. dad, she's 44. Yeah, it was different. <laughs> I mean, try just carrying on conversation right. with your daughter and you haven't seen her in 45 years. I know. Unbelievable. But I have like- to say, and dad, I give you credit. You have done great. I, we all, you, you have far exceeded our expectations. I guess we had a low bar for you too, because I was like, how's dad going to deal with this? Yeah. A little, my softer side is beginning to emerge. <laughs> He's mellowing now. This yeah. is really something. I can't I'm imagine mellowing. you any, any way different. Hey, I'm That's mellowing. all y'all know, right? That's right. So, so tell our audience a little bit about kind of what brought you to Louisiana and kind of what's, because you, you explained it really well, and I, and I was, I was going to read a 
part of an Instagram post I saw you made, but you just said it oh, beautifully. What did I write? I can't remember. Oh, it was really good. The, the one that hi- highlighted to me was what you just said a minute ago. We wanted to use our home as a training ground to help leaders take their business from a company to a cause. Mm, yeah. I love that idea. And, and I love what you said in here Great idea. about churches, because mm. I spent my life, most of it as a pastor. Yeah. And the, the impact, you're right, is so limited. So most of my career as a pastor was spent in one church, our church. Sure. And and we did a lot of things that impacted people. It was great. I wouldn't trade anything for it. But I've realized now that I've kind of been outside of that, mm. doing this mm. and doing the show and the other things, mm. that the bigger the impact is where people are every day. 100%. Not not two hours on Sunday. You know, and, and, <clears throat> yeah. and we spend a lot of this podcast talking yeah. about how limited the church's influence is, and, and they've kind of made it that way, not yeah. maybe not on purpose, obviously. I mean, everybody wants to win people, yeah. but the day-to-day, the mm-hmm. business, you you said it. I mean, that that's that's how you change culture. That's 100%. how you impact, right? Yeah, so I flew down uh, for Tony and Phyllis. We were doing a discovery day where I kind of look under the hood of life. We kind of take vital signs and assessment. Where are things at? You know, she, you guys just moved down here. Where's the company going to go? How would we make sure that this has eternal resorts and we're all high-fiving in heaven as a result of this reminding hey god's currency is souls how do we take our our, our creativity of our time and our talent and our treasure to use that and, and do business in that way and essentially you know what was so beautiful that part of the season of their life was uh, as missionaries there's mm-hmm. no difference between what they were doing there and what they're doing here it's That's just exactly di- right it's just a different canvas yeah mm-hmm. correct so when you look at this life assignment that they're on my prayer and hope and privilege is to come alongside and say, hey, here's the ultimate goal. Here's how we measure success. It's not just an ROI here. It's kingdom ROI as well. And um, help make sure that they have what they need for this journey. And uh, God's elevated me from going on a bike door to door to doing this as a part of my portfolio. And I couldn't think of any greater joy than seeing businesses become as fruitful as possible. And uh, we get to do, but there's collaboration here though, yeah. too. Al is like so, that book we come out with, with it just came out a few months ago. You know, Jesus politics. That's right. Mm-hmm. What I was saying is what he is that's right. saying. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Power so in that. Yeah. So when I look at when I look at the influence that we all have, let's say we're not in the big C, or I should say the small C of a church locally in terms of being on staff. Let's just be that yeah. practical. Well, I would sit in the church pew and just go, I'm made for something more. I know it in my heart, in my gut. I want to do, I want to partner with God on a big level. And I know that there are so many of us even listening to this going, they've got that tug. Oh, yeah. And I want to give everybody permission listening to this. That's what the Lord ultimately wants is you living in your lane. There's a great saying that one of my mentors told me, and that is um, nobody, your kingdom calling is so unique to you that nobody before you or after you will ever live it. So you can't compare yourself to anybody Truth, else. Truth, right. It's really and encouraging and because yesterday yeah. we spent the day together. And for now, for really since we got back from Nicaragua in 2018, we've kind of been not floundering. We see that God had this coming mm. and, you know, this big life change was happening. So yeah. we know that We're God had us in this transition. But phase. I've been telling Al and Lisa, like, I want to be in ministry. This is what I want to do. This is what we've always wanted mm-hmm. to do as a couple since our first date. We talked about full-time ministry. Yeah. And so being able to spend the day with Noah and his wife, I, I'm encouraged that I can see that that can happen, that God Our is view. opening that up. Right. Yeah. Our view of worship, <laughs> kingdom living, seven days a week. Totally. Mm-hmm. Seven days a week. Totally. It's not like a, at the appointed time, you're yeah. like, not enough time. Right. This has to be lived out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And from another artist's perspective, let me jump in here and say this, that you know, you, you grow up and let's say you're a creative mm-hmm. and uh, maybe you take you take art in school, you take yeah. classes, you go to college and you learn how to master your your skill, your your discipline, oil painting or watercolor mm-hmm. or welding, whatever it is. Yeah. But you don't know how to how do you mix? How do you how do you make an art business? Yeah. Out of it? Yeah. How do you take your craft and turn it into something much greater than that? And then not only that, but how do you how can you do a ministry for sure out of that? Well, so I think there's a lot of creatives that are probably listening going, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Well, to Phil's, hey, to hey, Phil's let's point take, on... Let's take one more break. So going back to Phil's point of worship, right? And then talking about Sunday to Sunday, how we're leveraging our business of our time, talent, and treasure to glorify God through our business and whatever we're doing. Well, Paul's 
Paul's verse in Romans 12, 1. This is what I think is really, really interesting. We'll come to faith, that's salvation. And people kind of look at almost like a remote control car and a remote control. And they're saying, Lord, you can have the car. You can have control of my car. And they don't think about the remote control itself. Man, I'm willing to sacrifice it all, right? Well, Paul says this. He goes, here's a message version, Romans 12, 1, probably one of my favorites for entrepreneurs, business, doing life as ministry. Here's what I want you to do. And I imagine Paul just kind of mm -hmm. speaking in Phil's voice here. He goes, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Listen, I want you to take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life, and I want you to place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. And listen, I don't want you to become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, this is what I want you to do. Fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out, and readily, watch this, recognize what he wants from you, and then quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture that's always around you, dragging us down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So what does that verse tell me? That's awesome. Want to know what the greatest act of worship is for me as a business owner? Not just to surrender my heart. Am I willing to have that Abraham Isaac moment where I'm willing to say, and I remember the day I did this, just after 28, that crisis of faith. Holy smokes, he's real. Holy smokes, am I willing to say goodbye to my creativity and lay it on the altar? Mm. Am I willing to take my wife? I, I was bawling my eyes out. If you need to take her, take her. Take my kids. Take the town. Take everybody I know on my phone and use it for your glory. And dude, I thought that was the end, but that was truly the beginning. Oh. And I think once our once he knows we know that and we're doing life and business in that way, Everything we do is an act of worship at, at back. Like you standing at the easel, you're, that's an act. How yeah. you deal with your vendors, that's an act. Your living, employees, that's an act. Living sacrifices. That's it. That's Which it. is your spiritual act of worship. What version that's was it. that you were reading? That's message version, Romans yeah, 12. I love that. Yep. So that was Romans 12 from the message. Yeah. And, and you notice, I know something, Dad, the difference when you're from California, uh -oh. you have a Bible, <laughs> a well-worn Bible yeah. uh, with this highlight mark and a computer. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. you see how he does both? And, oh, and yeah. a duck call there. And, and yeah. a duck call. But I, I just noticed his setup here is a little different because you just have the worn Bible. Yeah. Without That's the an analog. Yeah. <laughs> Digital, right? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm computer illiterate. Uh, got you. <laughs> but now, when you want to look up a verse, I know where it is. That's yeah. exactly what you do. But that's the fun part. Is is that's beautiful? Is um, helping creatives leverage their influence. We all have influence. Well put. Under, well put. Well, and you're right. I'm so glad you spoke to our listeners because you know I, I sort a lot of emails and, and read a lot of what people ask. In fact, I was just on the phone with uh, Aaron, uh, who lives in Houston this past week connected with him a while back and he just surrendered his life to Christ, but he's kind of in that same place. You know, he's kind of, you know, he's got a young family and he's just, what, what do I, you know, so we've had this conversation about how do I surrender fully to where then God can feel what he needs to in me yeah, as opposed to going to someone, to the pastor or whatever and say, what do I need to do? Give me a job to do. Yeah, you know, and I love that analogy about the car and the remote. That's awesome because yeah, there's exactly a reason. There's a reason, Al, that going to church is not in the Bible. Yeah, it's not in there. That's you right. say going to church. Well, yeah, yeah, I need to go to go go get back in church, and I need mm -hmm. to go to church. You're like you are the church. You're a member of the church. Hundred percent, the kingdom. I said, That's right. Practice your skill set. Mm -hmm. Get out there. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody has a skill set. Everybody, all the way down to the least among us, third grade education, everyone yep. is worth yeah. something. I want yeah, I have a, a stat to share that I think is pretty, pretty sobering. I usually, if I'm speaking somewhere, usually kind of start off with that. It's almost like the first hit in a in a football game. It sets the tone. But Barna has done such a phenomenal job yeah. of research, right? He's good. And um re, Basically, and, and, I'll, and I'll paraphrase this research, but it's for every 100 people that accept Christ, only 50% go to church. Yeah. And of the 50 that go to church, only 10% pursue holiness. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Then 1% actually make it to living a life of sacrifice where he's no longer my, my Savior. He's now my Lord. I'm not just looking to give some. And bonus, Lord. Straight is the way. Totally. Narrow, narrow the gate. Narrow, narrow. So what I call this now, I'm dealing right here with the 1%. Yeah. Yep. Who are the 1% that are willing to go into a life of sacrifice saying, I'm all chips in with mm -hmm. time, talent, and treasure? 
for your glory to increase that. Dude, you're in the Father's business. Yeah. And everybody I, that are listening, I just want to give you permission. Your mission field is it doesn't mean you need permission from a four walled church. The Lord's giving you permission in His Word to say, you know, the world is your territory. There's no boundaries to that with your yeah. influence. And now, here's what I believe we're going to stand before a Heavenly Father. He's going to go, I put, if you got more than 100 followers, you got a mega church in your phone. Mm. <laughs> if you got a That's mega good. church in your phone, my question is this you can, you can sell a painting to Nicaragua in five seconds on social media. Here, here's my question. Can I go on your social media and know that you're a believer? And at the end of the, your life, he's going to look at you and go, what did you do with my son and what I put in front of you? You got technology in year 2021, back to our 2021 last night. Yep. <clears throat> Listen, we're going to be held accountable for the influence that we had mm. and the potential that we possessed. That's a great and point. so that's a sobering reminder for me. I wake up to that just thinking, there, we got way too much mm -hmm. at our fingertips and it doesn't cost me anything to go on YouTube or Instagram or social. And if you can use a creative, clever way to get the gospel out to the world, that's, that's really what our mandate is. Yep. You know, um, let's take your last break. One of the, I was telling the conversation I was having with Aaron, I was telling about the other day. One of the things he and I talked about, because he asked a question that we get asked a lot, uh, and I'd love to get y'all's take on it. He said, you know, how do I, 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 I how do I study the Bible? How, how do I make the Bible meaningful? You know, because you just start reading it's like, what a, but I, I told him, I said, you, you have to view the word of God. The only reason I study as much as I do yeah. Is so I'm prepared to help other people understand what this book is about. Yeah. You're a producer. Mm -hmm. you know, that's the way I put it for me. Mm -hmm. I'm producing benefit for people's lives. That's the reason I go into it. It's not that I'm doing it for myself. Yeah. You know, I'm just a conduit, you know, of the work. <laughs> totally. You know, and so yeah. I was telling and, and this young man that I'm talking to, he obviously has that producer. He wants to produce. I said, yeah. just start talking. Just start start your own podcast. Start yeah, your yeah. whatever. Start producing mm -hmm. and you will you will dive deep into this because yeah. you'll then be asking God to fill me so mm -hmm. I can fill someone else. It's, you know, I yeah. feel like that's the way it has to yeah. interaction. So I've got a I've got a couple of approaches to that of why would I do do it um but yesterday remember what we talked about the number one asset it's our story yep um the lord dealt with story that was his he was the ultimate storyteller and he met people with where they're at if they were into agriculture he's like well it's like a seed you know and he always met them where mm -hmm. they were at that's right. right that's right but in terms of your buddy i'm looking at the fact that when we're an ambassador of christ and we have an inheritance and i think this this beautiful story of what's happened in this family here with phyllis and everything when you come into the family of god and you have an inheritance and you have a new identity and you have it's almost like you're getting a uniform put on you and if we had an ambassador from england come over here and show up and walked into a room we'd be like whoa hey like they're in a uniform they walk they talk they stand in a confidence not in a right in their own self-righteous cockiness but they're confident in their identity and who they are well as family members of the lord i just think as believers we vastly underestimate vastly underestimate who we represent right right if you really believe that you're an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven you'd walk into the room you'd talk you'd operate in a different mode and mentality. So why, why do I, why do I study this? Because I better be on point right. when I, when I walk into a room and represent the father's business. Right. And so I would just challenge him in a beautiful way of saying, dude, you're in the family business and your dad owns it. He's the CEO, but you get to be a manager of your lane. Yeah. So I want to be up to speed on, this is what I call the brand Bible. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So if you look at it, like... California. <laughs> brands. But, but when I look at this, it's a, it, it doesn't mean I have to. It means I get to. That's right. So that fires me up. I want to be equipped and be ready to answer. Because here's what I believe, dude. That guy's on assignment. Yeah. And the next assignment of going to the next level yep. is going to be contingent on how well he delivers on the little bits that the Lord entrusts to him. Right. That's right. And yeah. you're right. I think some so much of it is a lack of seeing big. And and look, I admit, I was a all the years I was in church work, I was focused on church work. Yeah. And that's why it was such a grind sometimes. Mm. You know, and that's why I was somebody that wasn't giving but only wanted to take and was just like oh this i gotta do with this person this. Yes. and so you know now I, i've been preaching i'm like dad now I, I preach for free and it's so great because like nobody nobody's paying me so mm -hmm. I, I feel so yeah. you know i don't worry about i mean now i just work for god say what he wants me to say yep. and i'm not worried about 
having to deal with this faction, yes. this one, that one, whatever. Because I think that's what happens to pastors. We they figured just, out you know, that uh, they can't fire you if they never hired you. <laughs> that's exactly right. You'll leave when you want yeah. to. Yeah. And Paul, yeah. Paul did a good job of that. He's like, listen, you can't say anything on me. I didn't ask for any underwriting. That's right. That's it. And, and I understand now why that's said the best, it. man. Oh yeah. And then I, of course, another thing I say is, is uh, somebody, if somebody's, and I told them first, Sunday, we don't even pass a plate right. or a bucket mm-hmm. or whatever. So Peter, nah. the first thing I said was, I said, if someone doesn't like my sermon, just remember, you get what you pay for. <laughs> now, a lot of preachers, a lot of preachers, listen to this right. out across America. Yeah. Out, when they hear that we don't pass the plate, they're probably going to say, "Whoa, whoa, now, whoa!" And, and I always have to caveat. By We've saying, got a box. We're not bolted. down on churches or contributions. Yeah, no. We got a bolted down box back in the back. Yeah, and we do remind them. We say, "Now, look, if you if you have to have lighting." Yeah. Or heat or cool. Electricity, yeah. Yeah. Electricity. Water. I said, we pay the water. <laughs> and bit, and I'm not down. Come on, if you want them to flood. I said, so there's a little bit of money that needs to be. I said, but I'll just tell you, I'll pay for that if I have to. I said, so you really don't have to pay anything. None. Yeah. Zero. Yeah, so I just tell them, and people like, they're not charging money. Now, this sends shivers down some preacher's back. Al, <laughs> what do you think? Well, that's what's all you've ever known. And look, I'm not down on pastors. A worker deserves his wages. Apostle Paul said right. that, but I'm just saying. But we do want to speak to a bigger plan. I mean, that's that's doing what it's doing. We're, mm-hmm. What we're talking about here mm-hmm. is outside of that because obviously the church has gotten left in the rearview mirror in the American culture. Yes. I mean, is that not fair to say? It's what, fair well, to say. Yeah, I would I would look at we're looking at fishing. I mean, we're look at the environment we're in right now, this culture, fishing, hunting. Um, you know, I told my story to Tony and Phyllis yesterday, and like I literally thought I was gonna start at an easel and die as an easel. Isn't it amazing how the Lord sees us and we see ourselves one way? The Lord walks up and he's like, Oh no, I'm gonna make you a fisher of men. You know, Peter's like, dude, I can't leave this boat. Uh, my grandfather was a fisherman. My dad was a fisherman. His dad was a fisherman and so on in our family. And the Lord's like, dude, I need you to leave. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. You think you're just, that's your assignment. I'm going to call you into bigger and greater things. Territory expands. Basically, I call that he's expanding your net. Yep. Here you look back on seasons of life. My mentor did a good job of articulating that with a rocket ship. We look at this whole rocket ship. You're up in the front and we're going to our destination with our assignment with God. Yeah. But what we don't realize is that these stages are going to burn off. This was meant for this season of life. This was meant mm-hmm. for this season of life. This was meant, but it all keeps you going and fuels you for it. So when we look at our territories and we look at what God's entrusted to us in these seasons of life, we see ourselves in one way, but the Lord's like, I'm going to expand your territory based on how faithful and trustworthy you are with the little bit I give you. Then how that responds, I'm going to expand your net even more and more of territory. But the thing is, are you either going to be waiting for me to part the water or are you going to be like Joshua where if you step in the water, I'll part it? Mm. he can't steer a ship that's at bay. And so I look at it as like, we have to be trustworthy with a podcast, with social media, with a written word, with uh, like, like pursuing our friends, pursuing relationships. Cause at the end of the day, his currency is people. And if I'm not doing what I can to reach people, I'm not really in his business. And mm. people say, well, I'm not a speaker. Hey, here's a sobering reminder. Evangelism is not optional. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Evangelism is a command. That's right. So, guys, I'm just this piddly artist, but I got woken up to the reality that the gospel of the kingdom resides in me, and I have a responsibility with that and want to remind other people that they got a responsibility with it, that we can use whatever our talent is, whatever our time is, and um, whatever our money is, that's going to convert to that. That's right. And so, so I, I see you have a book here. Yes. Uh, 31 disciplines of highly successful creatives so audience if you want to check that out yeah. if you want to learn more um yeah it's it's really it's been so good to have you on the podcast that mm. was a fast time we're almost out of time yeah but uh i just wanted to say that you know relationships are what then builds into yes. opportunities 100 so seely yeah. seely what know, a blessing our old buddy is the mm-hmm. one that told us about you. Yes. And so, you know, he does, works with us on our books and yes. all these different projects we do. And then, so these guys are like, you know, we want to yeah, start business I, to go. And then, you know, here, here. I leaned here. into Sealy and I said, hey, you know anyone that can help out an artist? Mm. 
Yeah. Is that, so is that where it started? Yeah, that's how it started. You, it, why he was eating the steak? Well, we, that exactly. <laughs> yes. But yeah, God, God is, Seely has been a wonderful, he's an amazing man, uh, a wonderful mentor. And uh, he also represents one of my other mentors, uh, Charles Swindoll. Yep. So oh, I, I've read so many Swindoll. Yeah. So I grew up in Swindoll's house as a child, two, really? two years old. Yeah. We lived in the same area. And so I grew oh, up with his right. son. He's from that area. I forgot about So it. that Seely tie there. And then all of that collaborate kingdom collaboration, what we're talking about. And then this beautiful opportunity that came up, I just, you know, and then I just say if the Lord's doing something like this, something massive is going to happen with the influence of this couple yep. and the ripple effects of everything that they're going to do collectively as a team is going to have a ripple effect in eternity that's going to be unbelievable. And that that goes for each one of us. And right. um, hopefully the listeners will hear, like, God's got a God's got a plan not just for your life, but the, the kingdom assignment on your life is going to be unbelievable. And the seed capital that you got with your time is the most precious asset that you can invest. So that's my well, prayer. It's been awesome having you on, Noah. And we don't have a lot of people from California here, so we are just like so honored and thrilled that mm. how normal you are, <laughs> and your wife and your family. I feel like we're the deer, and everybody's going, "Look, there's one." <laughs> we well, are, you are in Jason's seat, and I do like oh, to throw him out of the bus. So that's it. Oh yeah, I got the tire it. marks on my back it's right now. It's just the natural thing. Yes. And Grady, thank you for the new table and your family. So glad you guys were able to share with us. Uh, we're about to go and eat some some brisket. Now, did you cook for them? I did. We made uh, red beans and rice, cornbread. Oh, so you yeah. got a little Louisiana. It was delicious. A little Louisiana it was stuff. Great. That's yeah. good. And I just want to say again, thank you to everyone that has supported us and mm. has has bought my art. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's been awesome, of course, having you here. And, and again, a lot of people want to support us. And like Dad said, we don't ask for money. So it's like, well, hey, buy the wood duck print, you know? Mm. Well, I can you tell you the direction that we're going is very encouraging to see that God's hand is in all of this. Mm. And we have a, a path being laid out before us that we can be in ministry. We can minister to people, build the kingdom, fund it through art. Mm. That's that's the plan. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah, the plan. I felt real weird running with artists at first, but I'm over now. <laughs> okay. We've determined that you are also Mission an artist. Accomplished. Yes, you're, you you're, are an artist. You're, you're, you're an I'm artist. You're one of us. You're in the club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I have a special gift for anybody that's listening that kind of is a, a way to step on the scale um, just spiritually in the morning, a little devotional, just a questionnaire to kind of say, hey, how am I doing in these areas with the t stewardship of my time, talent, and treasure? And is today going to be a waste or am I going to invest it? So I created, if you go to noahelias.net yep. forward slash duck, noahelias.net forward slash duck, you'll get this free download and you'll be able to read this and it's going to give you some promptings and questions to start your day to just look at you know am i running with those that have a kingdom mindset is uh is is my priorities when i wake up about kingdom priorities or just about getting myself more comfortable these are just wonderful ways to step on the scale and say hey how can i be a kingdom entrepreneur that's going to have 100x results because he invites us some 30 some 60 yep. but i want to live a life of 100x if that's something that your listeners would like um this is a great little uh questionnaire that's going to help hey, you we that. love free gifts and I, I, I'm going to check it out because when I step on the scale in the morning, it's such a depressing situation. <laughs> this will encourage you. I, that I need something like this to make yeah. me feel better about there myself. There you go. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.